Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to figure out how to overcome some of the biases, external factors, states of mind, states of body, states of hunger to make better decisions. We've talked a lot about the things that influence our decisions over the last couple of episodes. If you have not listened to those or you need a refresher, make sure you go back and listen. We talked about the three states that affect our moment-to-moment decision-making, mind, body, and hunger. We talked about five biases that affect our decision-making and five external factors that affect our decision-making in the last episode. Not going to go over those today because there's a lot to listen to, so make sure you go back and listen to that. I don't know why I pointed backwards, but... um, because I guess the episode's that way. But (laughs) um, today, we're going to talk about five, since five's our magic number, apparently. We're going to talk about five ways to overcome some of these biases, slow our thinking down so we can start to make the unconscious conscious. Remember, C.J. Young, the American psychiatrist, said that it it is making the unconscious conscious that improves our way of living because if the conscious stays unconscious, if you will, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So what we want to do is flip that over so that we can know, we can deliberately take action and make decisions in a way that is empowering us. Once we start to do that, then we can flip it back over and hopefully those things become unconscious. That is the way of creating a habit. You have to make it deliberate first. You have to become aware. Awareness is the key. Once you become aware and you start to take action, hopefully those things become automatic. Then you can make it, hopefully it becomes unconscious again because then it's just part of your life. That's the goal. But until you start to make those decisions, until you start to slow things down and think things through, generally you will just make the default decision. So let's figure out ways we can overcome that. We'll talk about five ways today. Number one, take a deep breath and think. Take a deep breath and think. So one of the best ways to bring your prefrontal cortex online is to stop and breathe. And then just sit there for a second. And then your prefrontal cortex will start to kick in and actually help you think through the decision that you're making. If you're in the moment and you're just making deliberate decisions and you're frantic and you're just going through the motions, um, your prefrontal cortex, which is your master controller, if you will, which makes you do the hard thing when you know it's the right thing to do, Uh, Not online, just not there helping you. It's just not there guiding you. You're just like going through. You're just going and you're making the default choice. But whenever you want to slow down, whenever you want to make a good decision, not a good, good and bad are not good ways to think about things. (laughs) Good and bad are not good ways to think about things. Um, Not useful way to think about things. Um, Whenever you're trying to make a decision that's moving you towards your goal, you need to have this thing with you. The prefrontal cortex sits right behind your forehead. You need to have it with you. 
And a great way to do that is to stop, take a deep breath, and then think. Depending on what level of arousal you have, meaning how worked up you actually are, you may need to do this more deliberately in some ways versus others. So just a regular deep breath and then exhale will work. There's another way to breathe if you're like really frantic and worked up and trying to make a decision or really emotional about something and trying to make a decision, that's helpful. Um, Andrew Huberman, Andrew Huberman uh, the neurologist from Stanford who has the Huberman Lab podcast, he refers to this a lot in his episodes called the physiological sigh. The physiological sigh is a big deep breath in through the nose, one last little gulp of air in through the nose, and then long exhale out through the mouth. All of that, which basically unloads a bunch of carbon dioxide from the body because as you become stressed and you continue your breathing, hopefully you're breathing all the time, but as you become stressed, your breathing becomes more shallow. You become more of a chest breather, but your breathing becomes more shallow. And in that shallow breathing, you're holding on to more carbon dioxide, if you will. And that will change your physiology. It'll change the way you think and act as well. So unloading carbon dioxide or fully exhaling from letting all that carbon dioxide out will bring you down into a more relaxed state. So that would look like this. Okay, so long exhale in, one tiny little exhale again at the top, and then long exhale out, all the way out. And just doing one or two of those in a state of high arousal or high emotion or high stress can bring your nerves down and allow you to think through the decision that you're making, okay? So breathing, learning how to control your breath and learning to use your breath in those moments when you're trying to make good decisions and you're feeling all worked up and frantic is very useful and very helpful. That's one way to do it. Again, just normal, just take, just taking a normal big inhale and exhale is enough for some people to just kind of like, okay, calm down. Let me think through this real quick. But sometimes you're like really frantic and really worked up, but that, that's when that physiological sigh can become useful. Okay, so that's number one, take a deep breath and think. Number two, follow the 10 minute slash hour slash day, probably not week, but 10 minute slash hour slash day rule. So depending on how important the decision is that you're making, you may wanna take a little longer to make it than usual. Here at Thrivology, we use the 10 minute rule a lot for just basic in the moment decisions when we're trying to decide, do I wanna have this piece of cake or do I not? Do I want to exercise or do I not? A lot of us like to justify not exercising because we don't have the energy. So one of the rules we have here is the 10 minute rule. Show up for 10 minutes, get moving. If after 10 minutes you still don't feel like exercising, fine, leave, go ahead. 10 times out of 10, you're gonna continue going because you have changed your energy. On the other end of that, is the 10 minute rule for eating. If you're going out and you feel tempted by something, walk away from it for 10 minutes and then you can make a better decision on whether or not you actually want it. Uh, the 10 day slash or 10 hour slash 10 day rule can also apply depending on how important the decision is. So if you're trying to decide to start, say, 
the, um, I don't know, a weight training program versus a yoga program, and you're not really sure, you think they're both useful, but you know, you don't really know how you're feeling about it right in this moment, that's fine. Sleep on it, literally, like sleep on it is a real thing. Sleep on it, rest your mind for a bit. In the morning, make a decision, like just make a choice. It's not the end of the world, but it's, a, it's an important decision because you want to enjoy what you're doing when it comes to exercise. So that might be a time we're gonna, when you're going to take more than 10 minutes. Maybe you'll actually actually sit, you'll sleep through the decision and make the decision the next day. Uh, a 10-day decision. There probably aren't a lot of decisions that you might t- make 10 days on. Uh, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> if you're going to, I don't know, sell your house and move across the country, that might be something you, it's worth thinking about. Like you get a job offered to you and you're really excited about it because you get a raise and it's in California, sunny California, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, let's do it. And then like two weeks into it, you're like, well, this is terrible because now I'm away from all my friends and I'm away from my family. And um, even though it's really sunny here, maybe they don't, I don't know, have a lot of food around that you like. I don't know, I don't know whatever it might be. Um, so because you didn't actually think through the decision and you made an a rational choice because you were just excited about these bonuses, uh, you may feel sad about the decision in the future. So that may be a situation where you want to take more than even 10 hours, maybe three to five days, maybe 10 days to think things through, talk to people about the decision. Just take time to, to think it through instead of getting caught up in the excitement of it, which is easy to do. We get caught up in the excitement of a decision. We do it, and then it's like, man, that was a dumb decision because I, I was too caught up in the pluses, and I didn't take time to think about the quote minuses, which is important to think about those things too. Okay, so that's the 10-minute slash hour slash day rule. Remember, the more important the decision, the longer you might want to take to think about it. Cool, number three. See the forest through the trees, and then find more trees. So if you've ever heard the saying, you can't see the forest through the trees, basically means that you have a hard time seeing the big picture. You're too busy, caught up in the details and the minutia. Because you're in it, because we all live in our own world, we, we, only, we view things through our own world. And when we're caught up in our own small little details and... Uh, well, I broke up with my girlfriend and I don't know the job, my job's not going too well. Like you just, you just, all these little small details that are like making you not feel good about things, but you're not able to see like the full picture around you. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that terribly important. I mean, it is important. We're all important human beings, but in the grand scheme of things, like this, this is a normal thing that you're going through and, uh, all of these situations are just um, parts of your life that you may look back on and laugh at at some point anyway. Uh, if you have a hard time seeing that forest, then making decisions is going to be much harder. So you have to look at the forest and you have to look at the full picture and go, okay, what am I really after? Like what's, even though I'm not, I'm having a hard time making a decision and I'm not moving forward with the thing I'm trying to move forward in. Is it really the end of the world? Like, should I really be that upset about it? 
And when you realize that probably that's not the case, then you can look back down and come back into view and go, okay, well then what are some other options that I have? And I think that that's what we really have a hard time with sometimes. Zooming out to then zoom back in. How do we look at the big picture and go, okay, I'm trying to lose weight because I want to feel better about myself. And I feel like I've tried a couple of things and I'm telling myself that I've tried everything because that's something that I hear often. Well, I've tried to lose weight and I've tried everything already. Okay. You've tried everything. Yeah, I've tried everything. Well, name a few things you've tried. Well, I tried the keto diet and that didn't work out because of blah, blah, blah. And then I tried fasting and that didn't work out because I was just hungry all the time. Okay, so you name two things. So that's not everything that you could try, but that's a couple of things. So if you zoom out, you can realize, okay, maybe I haven't tried everything. The Me being stuck right now is just a normal part of the journey. So if I can realize it's a normal part of my journey, then I can zoom back in and I can go, okay, what are some of the other options that I have? Because I definitely have more than just those two options, just keto and fasting. There's lots of other options that I can do in order to get myself moving forward. So sometimes you have to zoom out, look at the whole forest, look at the big picture and go, okay, I see this isn't as big of a deal as I'm making it. So I can take a deep breath, I can bring my prefrontal cortex online and I can zoom back in and I can go, now what are some other options that I have? Because sometimes you're just looking at the options that you've already done or the one option that's in front of you and you're going, I don't like that option. Well, okay, that's fine. What are other options then? Like, that's fine. Very rarely, if ever, are there, unless you're trying to um, figure out what two plus two is and you're trying to make it five, like it's always going to be four. Other than that, and any other math equation like that, like you have plenty of other options. I don't know why that was it's the only thing I could think of for when it's always the only option you have. Uh, other than that, you got, you got options. So just think, what are other options? Okay, so, so far we've gone over Number one, take a deep breath and think. Bring your free prefrontal cortex online so it can help you deliberately think through your actions and think your, through your decisions. We've talked about follow the 10 minute slash hour slash day rule. The more important the decision is, the longer you might wanna take to make the decision. So you're not, you don't wanna take too long so that it gets drug out, but you don't wanna make it irrational because you're excited about the opportunity. You wanna find that line. And then see the forest through the trees and then find more trees once you've zoomed out, zoom back in and find more options because there are always more options to choose from. Okay, number four, another basic simple idea for coming up with better decisions is ask questions. Simply ask more questions. A couple of the things that we talked about when it comes to external factors, the five external factors that influence us. We went over five, like I said, but a couple of them that stand out where we can ask more questions and hopefully come up with better decisions. Number one is when we're dealing with authority. Number two is when we're dealing with social proof. So when we're dealing with authority, we don't like to question authority because it feels disrespectful. But if 
someone is telling us to do something and they are in an authoritative, uh, they're an authoritative figure, be that a doctor, be that the owner of a business, be that, I don't know, the president of the United States, no matter what authoritative area they're in, if we question them, we, it feels disrespectful, but if it may not be their area of expertise, why does it not make sense to question? And, and even if it is their area of expertise, why does it not make sense to understand their thinking? Because if I tell you, and this is what I believe, weight training is the most effective thing that any human being can do to help improve their physical health. Not the only effective thing, but it is the most effective thing. So if I say that to you, and you just take it as granted, okay, that's fine. That's what I'm going to start doing. And then you start weight training and you're like, man, I don't enjoy this all that much, but I guess this is the only thing I can do. Then you're going to go, well, I guess I shouldn't exercise because since I don't like weight training, then I can't do anything. Okay. Just because I think that it's the most effective thing you can do, and but just because I enjoy it and hopefully everyone here enjoys it, doesn't mean it's the only thing you can do. Just like when I doctor suggests that you need to start eating a certain way or you should start eliminating certain things from your diet um, doesn't mean that's the only option that you have if it's not something that you agree with so authority figures have a big pull on our decision making and it's worth questioning not in a disrespectful way but in an understanding way their thoughts and opinions because all they are is thoughts and opinions my belief that weight training is the most effective thing you could do is just a, an opinion is all that it is. There's lots of research that backs it, but at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. So it's important to question in a respectful, understanding way. Like, I just want to understand why you're telling me the thing that you're telling me or why you're trying to suggest the thing that you're suggesting so that I can make a better decision. And that's all that you're trying to do. Social proof is the same thing. We talked about how social proof is us trying to wanting to think like other people think, us trying to avoid what other people avoid and do what other people do because we don't want to feel left out. It's worth questioning if you're doing something the rest of the world is doing or the people around you are doing and you don't feel good about it or it's moving you away from your goals or you're having a hard time moving towards your goal and you're still hanging on to this one thing, it's worth questioning. Is this thing actually true? The Going back to the juice, the fruit juice example that I used in the last episode. If you're trying to improve your nutrition and you're having a hard time losing weight, but you're drinking, say, orange juice at breakfast and at dinner, and you just can't figure out why your weight's not budging. Well, if you have 200 calories of orange juice at breakfast and then 200 calories of orange juice at dinner, which is just 200 calories of sugar here and 200 calories of sugar there, then it might make sense to go, well, is orange juice actually just because it has vitamin C in it? Does it mean that that's what I need to keep in my diet? Is it something that I have to have there regularly just because society tells me that it's good for me because of the vitamin C. Is that actually true? So it's just worth questioning whenever you're avoiding something, doing something, or thinking something because everyone else thinks it. It's worth questioning and asking questions about if it's true. 
If you find that it's true, then guess what? You can pat yourself on the back and you can move forward. But to be totally honest with you, I will put a number to it, but more, most times it's not true. Most times common sense is not very common. And so it's worth questioning and figuring out what's the best path for you so that you can then achieve the things that you're after and become the person that you're trying to become. Okay, so that leads us to number five. I'm gonna take a quick sip of water. Very good. Number five of the five ways to slow down your decision so that you can pursue your best self and make better decisions is to ask the question, speaking of asking questions, does this option align with my goals and with my values? Does this align with my goals and with my values? So the goals question, I think maybe people ask subconsciously to some degree when they're making decisions. But the values thing may be not. And maybe we don't think a lot about the values that we have. I can't be sure. But when you're making a decision on something, it's worth asking that question. Does this decision align with my goals and with my values? And I think what you'll find is a lot of times a decision that you would have made in the past may not align with the goals and the values that you're after. It's a normal tendency to do things that don't align with our goals and values because we have a tendency to, uh, what did we call it, the do-nothing syndrome. We have a tendency to choose the default option, to look for reasons to do less, to look for reasons to stay the same, That is a bias that we all hold. And even though we're trying to pursue better health, even though we're trying to improve our nutrition, even though we're trying to exercise more, if in the moment we're choosing to not follow through with that action, then we are not doing what is best for our goals or the values that we're trying to embody. If the values we're trying to embody is a healthy, wholesome life, then if we're choosing not to do that, that's we're, we're going against both our goals and our values. Understand that this is not an all or nothing kind of thing. Like we should live the way that we're, we should live in pursuit of our best self and live, make those decisions. Most of the time, it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be all the time. This isn't something that should feel overwhelming. It should feel like, oh, I feel restricted because I can never have, we talked about that as well, denial and deprival syndrome. Well, not denial. Um, deprival syndrome, excuse me. Um, thinking that we, we have to deprive ourselves of all of the trappings of life, if you will, be, if we're going to uh, be healthier, be at a good weight, have good blood work and all of that. That's not the case. You have to remember that it is mostly 80-20, or 90-10, something to that degree, where 80% of the time, 80 to 90% of the time, you're living the life that is moving you toward your best self. The other 10 to 20% of the time, 
that's when you make the decisions that may not support your goals. Brownies and ice cream, something that I talk about regularly on this. <laughs> Seems like more often than I talk about exercise sometimes. Um, but I enjoy a good batch of brownies and ice cream, especially homemade brownies and ice cream. Very delicious. Um, and in that moment, like, I, it's, of course, it's not supporting the goals that I'm after. But guess what? That's okay. It is quite all right because that's not every day. It is not a choice that I'm making all the time. But when I do make it, I appreciate it more. I enjoy it more because it's not something that I'm doing all the time, which in, the, in that case, I would probably take it for granted. So asking the question, does this align with my goals and values, doesn't mean that you have to always be making decisions that do that. But it is worth thinking about because if you become value and goal-based, there's a greater likelihood that you will move toward your best self in the understanding that you don't have to deprive yourself all the time. You can enjoy whatever, going out with friends you, at, to bars or to restaurants that you enjoy where they have good food. You can enjoy the treats that you like. It's, but there is going to be a point at which if you enjoy those things too much, you're not going to make the progress that you are telling yourself that you want to make. And that, that is very important to understand. Okay, so those are the five ways to slow yourself down so that you can make better decisions. Just as a quick review, number one, take a deep breath and think. You can do that a couple of different ways by a quick deep breath or by the physiological sigh, big breath in through the nose, one small little sip through the nose one more time, then long exhale out through the mouth. Number two, follow the 10-minute, 10 10-hour, 10 or 10-day rule. Remember, the more important the decision, the longer that gap might need to be. doesn't need to be too long, but not too short either, as long as you're not caught up in the excitement of the decision. Number three, see the forest through the trees, and then find more trees. In other words, make sure you zoom out when you feel caught up in a decision. Zoom out, what's the big picture, and then zoom back in and see if you can find more options if you're not happy with the ones you have. Number four, ask questions. It's just worth clarifying things, trying to gather more information so that you can make better decisions. Of course, there's always a point of diminishing returns where too much information can sometimes be overwhelming as well. So you just need enough to, to understand, to understand the decision that you're trying to make. Number five, does this align with my goals and with my values? And if you make more of those decisions that do align with your goals and values than otherwise, then you will move toward your best. You will start to become the kind of person who pursues their goals and their values instead of trying to be consistent with the person that currently doesn't because it is overcoming that consistency bias where we do things that align with who we believe we are and who others believe we are, that is so challenging to get to the other side of health and fitness or any other big obstacle in life for that matter. All right, that is all I have for you today. No questions today because everything we've gone over is kind of an action item that you can start to put into place. So make sure you go back and review this if you overlooked or you have questions on any of these things um 
share with your friends. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well. That helps us tremendously. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.